Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio, where we are changing the way parents talk to their kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe in our rapidly changing world. You are your kid's best source of information and primary example. In these thought-provoking conversations, Robin and her guests seek to improve your relationship skills, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Now, here's your host, Robin LaCrosse. Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. I'm your host, Robin LaCrosse. I'm very excited and so pleased to be bringing you world-renowned wise woman and herbalist, Susan Weed, to discuss sexual health the wise woman way. But first, let me tell you a little bit about her. Susan is a green witch and wise woman. She is an extraordinary healer with a joyous spirit, a powerful presence, and an encyclopedic knowledge of herbs and health. She is the voice of the wise woman way, where common weeds, simple ceremony, and compassionate listening support and nourish health, wholeness, and holiness. She has opened hearts to the magic and medicine of the Green Nations for five decades. Susan's five herbal medicine books focus on women's health topics, including menopause, childbearing, and breast health. Her newest book, Abundantly Well, Seven Medicines, is already being hailed as a landmark critically needed, and timely. It redefines patient-centered care. Thank you so much, Susan, for joining us today. I'm really happy that you're here. I'm so excited that I get an opportunity to be with you. Thank you so much for asking me. Yes. So, Susan, I would just love to talk about the wise woman way and your approach to sexual health. And before we dive into that, I'd like to just take a moment for the people who aren't familiar with your work and don't know what the wise woman way means. Could you like just tell us a little bit about that, what that means and your approach? Absolutely. And we'll be referring quite a bit while we talk to down there, sexual and reproductive health. The wise woman way. There are three different ways of viewing health. The scientific tradition, the heroic tradition, and the wise woman tradition. The scientific tradition is very familiar to all of us. And the scientific tradition measures and fixes. The heroic tradition is often thought of as alternative medicine. And in the heroic tradition, what we'd like to do is to balance and to cleanse. And the wise woman tradition is the tradition that we haven't heard about because it's not talked about too much. And the wise woman tradition nourishes wholeness in the unique individual. So in the scientific tradition, the predominant emotion is fear. Why would any woman expose her breasts to hard radiation? You know, if a woman has yearly mammograms over a 20-year period, 60% of the women who have regular mammograms will have a false positive. The heroic tradition, the alternative tradition says, no, 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 we don't want to fix you. Because after all, whatever's going on, it's your own fault. 
You oh, should no. be ashamed. You should feel guilty. And you have to clean up your act and clean up your diet and clean up your thoughts and do it better because it's your own fault. So in the heroic tradition, we are encouraged to balance and to cleanse the difficulty with balancing is it's anti-life. Let's give it a try. Hold your breath, everybody. Breathe in, breathe in, breathe in. Hold your breath, hold your breath. You're so wonderfully balanced. It's so excellent. What a balanced group we had. Oh, I didn't tell you you could breathe out. Now you're unbalanced again. You see, life requires inhaling and exhaling. It requires dynamic disequilibrium. In fact, so far as we know, what do we know? It all started with the Big Bang. Come on! And all the atoms of hydrogen were evenly spread all over space-time. And there we would be right now. With every hydrogen atom in existence evenly spread over space-time. If things were balanced. Fortunately for us, there was a perturbation and that perturbation you can envision it as the finger of the goddess and that started to spiral all those hydrogen atoms begin to spiral and spiral and coalesce and turn into burning stars and those burning stars were nuclear reactors that made other atoms and then they exploded those other atoms out into space and that cycle went on again and again and again until finally there was actually enough dust for planets to start to clump together. And we live on one of those planets. There's a bunch of clump together dust, dust made by all those exploding stars over billions of years because we're not in balance. Balance is anti-life. There you go. Mm-hmm. And cleansing and cleaning, oh dear. One of the few words that the apprentices are not allowed to use. They can sweep, they can dust, they can tidy, but they cannot clean or cleanse because... Clear cleanse is actually code for damage and destruction. You know, we live in a closed system. We live on this planet, this congregation of stellar dust here. It's a closed system. The oxygen we have is the oxygen we have. The air we have is the air we have. The water we have is the water we have. It's a, it's a closed system. You can't clean something up and throw it away. There's no way to throw it to. Every gram of antibiotic we've ever produced on this planet is still in our environment because you can't get rid of it. There's no place to clean things up. And when we try to clean things up, we're going against the great law of life, which is I eat you and you eat me. That's all there is here. It's this giveaway cycle. The giveaway of I give away to you and you give away to me. Mm -hmm. So it's not, there aren't any toxins. There's only food. I breathe out this terrible toxic gas, carbon dioxide, right? And the trees go, yeah, give it, give it to me, baby. I love it. Mm-mm-mm. And then they breathe out this awful toxic gas called oxygen. And I go, yeah, I want some oxygen. Give me some oxygen trees. I love that stuff, right? So what's toxic? You know, the oxygen would kill the trees. The carbon dioxide would kill me, but it's not that it's toxic. So cleansing implies an enemy. It implies an other it implies in a way, none of which exists on this planet. Okay. The wise woman tradition nourishes homeless. Mm-hmm. Nourishes 
the unique individual that you are and your wholeness. Now, a lot of the, the, the heroic tradition is about being positive. Yeah. You need nourishing more. wholeness means nourishing the negative as well as nourishing the positive. And that seems just crazy to people. Why on earth would you want to nourish the negative? Well, it's not about getting rid of negativity and just being positive. And somebody said to me, well, you know, the wise woman tradition is just so open-ended. I don't know. You know, there don't seem to be any rules. She said, I could just go out and eat a cocaine vodka hot fudge sundae with whipped cream and maraschino too. I said, you could. Mm-hmm. And if you were listening to your body at all, you would only do that once. <laughs> because of the wise woman tradition, of course, we want to listen to our bodies. Right? Your body yes. is something to say, ooh, eat that again. Yes. Okay. In fact, I say, don't change your diet. Let your diet change you. Mm-hmm. How do you feel after you eat something? The tradition heals by nourishing. Not fixing, not cleansing, but by nourishing. Right. Nourishing the wholeness of the unique individual. So nourishment is our focus. And one of the ways of nourishing that I have hit upon is nourishing herbal infusions. Nourishing herbal infusions bring lavish amounts of protein, vitamins, minerals, and phytochemicals that help us be long-lived and healthy. So if I were to make a cup of nettle tea, using a teaspoon of nettle, brewed for a short time in a cup of hot water, I would get about five milligrams of calcium from that cup of nettle. If I were to make a nettle infusion, and I'm talking about stinging nettle, urtica, dioica, if I were to make a nettle infusion, I would use one ounce by weight, that's 30 grams if you're on the metric system, of dried stinging nettle salt. And I would put that into a quart jar, that's a liter jar if you're on the metric system, and fill that to the top with boiling water. So I have an ounce or 30 grams of dried nettle and a liter or a quart of boiling water, and I have put them together in a jar, put a lid on the jar, and I'm going to let that steep for at least four hours because it takes four hours for minerals to go into solution. Or overnight is what I usually do. It's a lot easier just to do it overnight. And that cup of metal infusion is going to have about 250 milligrams of calcium. That's amazing. So so different. Most people do. They say, well, which one do you take? I said, well, it's not a, t- it's not a drug. You're not really taking it. It's something that you drink, that you eat for being healthy, for longevity. Well, um, alternative herbs, adaptogenic herbs, I rotate through five. Stinging nettle, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Oat straw, which we're going to talk about later in the show because we're going to be talking about postmenopausal sexuality and oat straw is the great ally there. Mm-hmm. Red clover, comfrey leaf, and linden. And uh, I've been promoting linden as the world's best anti-inflammatory, especially for European bodies. Uh, what we can basically say is turmeric doesn't work for most European bodies. It might work very, very well for people in India. But I look at people and I say, really, do you live in a, in a place where it's 100 degrees every day? And do you, um, are you going to eat your turmeric cooked in ghee with spices, right, in all of your food? And that most European extraction people aren't. Even people um, from South America are, do not respond very well to turmeric. But linden which grows throughout the temperate regions of both South America and North America, all the way around the world, through Europe, through China, and so on. Um, wonderful, wonderful linden 
as I said, the world's best anti-inflammatory tastes good, and it works great for everybody. So I rotate through those slight infusions. Nice. Faster, you're and you're going. Oh wait, slow down, slow down. I need to. I need to, for you to do more about this. I have, and my YouTube channel. I do hope that you go and visit me at my YouTube channel. My wonderful granddaughter Monica Jean and I love to make videos for you. We nice. like to go into the kitchen and work with herbs. And we made a whole series of videos about working with nourishing herbal infusions. You'll get to see Monica Jean weighing out the herb and pouring the boiling water, right? Mm-hmm. She doesn't put the boiling water. I do that part. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get to see us talking about the specific infusions and making them as well. So a wonderful uh, opportunity. Of course, all of my books, including down there, talk about making nourishing herbal infusions. Yes, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Susan, for sharing with us how the wise woman way is different from our heroic traditions and our modern medicine tradition. When we come back from our break, we're going to start exploring sexuality the wise woman way. We'll be right back. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Whether you are dealing with your child's latest tantrum or disagreeing with your partner about finances, you find yourself having conversations you'd rather not have every day. It's easy to see why we'd rather avoid talking about it. Yet putting off a difficult conversation today can lead to an even bigger problem tomorrow. How do you say what needs to be said and get the results you want without triggering their defenses and risking another disagreement that accomplishes nothing? It's time for a different approach. Robin's five-week course, Be Persuasive, How to Have Successful Conversations, outlines a step-by-step approach for the results you want from your most important and hardest conversations. You'll discover how to have more harmonious relationships through better communication, raise difficult issues without backing others into a corner, maintain your focus no matter how the other party reacts, and resolve problems once and for all. Visit HolisticSexEdRadio.com to find out more. That's HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Are you looking for a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Do you want your business to thrive? Do you want to enjoy better relationships and find your purpose? Tune in every week to Stepping Into the Ten Da Dao Chung Life Transformation with Dr. and Master Shaw with host Diana Gold Holland, who will share the wisdom of Master Shaw. You'll hear from inspiring teachers and listen to testimonials about life transformation. Stepping Into the Ten Da Dao Chung can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. in the West and 6 p.m. in the East on Voice America Empowerment. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at holisticsexedradio.com. 
Now back to Robin LaCrosse. And we're back. Thank you so much for sticking with us. So Susan, can we just talk a little bit about sexuality, the wise woman way, starting with kids, moving into teenagers? Yes. And I want to, um, because when you said, let's talk about sexuality in children, I thought it's not a topic that's usually talked about. You usually deny that children have sexuality. And there is a difference between genitals and sexuality. You're right. We all have genitals, whether or not we're going to use them sexually. So my experience and my belief um, brought about through my reading, my experience, and my teachers is that children are sexual in utero. That we see baby boys with erections and we... We like to pretend that sexuality begins at puberty. All right. This is partly because of the still uh, extant connection that sexuality is only okay if it's for procreation. Right. And since a child can't procreate, they can't be sexual. But I do believe that they are. I would agree. What my mom did was a very interesting kind of take on it. She bought some really beautiful, well-illustrated books on both anatomy and human sexuality, and she left them conspicuously about so that they were available for my inspection or perusal from about the age of 10 on. Mm -hmm. So rather than trying to give me a pre-recorded talk, she gave me access to the information. And then if there was something that I didn't understand, I knew that I could ask. I could ask her or if I was too embarrassed to ask her because often sexuality between the people whose sexuality brought us to life can be very dis- uncomfortable. Children do not like to think about their parents as sexual beings in general. Mm-hmm. Certainly there are exceptions to that. So sometimes it's easier to ask grandma or grandpa or the school counselor or somebody, anybody other than those people who you don't, you don't even want them to know about sex anyhow. <laughs> you don't want your parents to know about sex. I'm not going to tell my parents about sex. We're going to leave them in the dark about that. Right. right. So, <laughs> so even I think, you know, that we have a very open and calm attitude about people being sexual, right? Certainly wasn't the case for me when I took a little boy into the garage for a, I'll show you mine if you show me yours, right? And we were caught. I didn't get to watch The Lone Ranger for three weeks. Now, what did that tell me? What did that tell me about my genitals? Yeah, you did something wrong. That I had done something bad. I was being punished for it. Yeah. And so I think that I, I would have preferred as a child to be told, you know, um, this is a socially awkward situation and we wish, we wish you would not involve us in this socially awkward situation. Instead of this whole, like, oh, you know, we can't talk about it and this is a terrible thing. Right. So, and, and in fact, my parents were really, you know, sexual, positive towards sex, but still in all, their culture and their community had to be taken into account. Mm-hmm. So down there covers... Everything that can happen down there. 
All right. So if we are looking in the section on the vagina, we see vaginal discharge, vaginal dryness, vaginal, vaginal pain, vaginal itching, vaginal burning, non-specific vaginal problems. So we have quite a few places that we can turn to mm-hmm. for that. And for, um, again, bridging that awkwardness between the parent and the child by letting the written word that somebody else has written be mm-hmm. the way to go. I actually adopted that for my daughter with any kind of problem. As soon as she could under- really understand and she had a health problem, I would pick three books that cover that health problem and then I would read well, this book suggests you do this and this and this, and this book says you should do this and this and that, and this book says you should do this, that, and the other. Which do you want to do? And I'd let her choose how she wanted to treat her health concern. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, of course, my books continue to give lots of choices to people. Yes. Yeah, it's good. always good to have choices. Mm-hmm. So, I was also talking about the fact that women tend to... Um, want help during menopause they have oh i have these menopausal symptoms and i really want help and yet when we when we are teens and we're coming into our menstruation um it's also a very difficult transition Uh, but we don't know at that point that we could get help and we don't actually understand that these are symptoms and so what happens to a lot of teenage girls is all they say is i'm in horrible pain they're taken to the doctor and then they're put in birth control Right. Mm-hmm. And I certainly remember, you know, the beginning years of my menstruation, and they were dramatic. And there was, you know, they realizing you're suddenly sitting in a huge puddle of blood and you cannot get up from your school seat, or the the cramping is so severe that you're laying there crying, and the teacher is going, "What's wrong?" And you're going, "Nothing," because you don't want to say what's really wrong. And um, I think that we could offer a lot more to our teenage girls around this that we can say, hey, you know, there's catnip and there's motherwort and there's CBD and there's lavender and there's lemon balm and there's raspberry leaf and there's nourishing herbal infusions and there's eating cooked greens and there's all these things that you can do, just like we might do at menopause, that will help us when our bodies are in the midst of this change that makes us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It makes almost every woman uncomfortable to go through puberty and to go through menopause. It, they're, it, they're not easy. It's big change. Mm-hmm. And especially at menopause, we think we know who we are. How dare we change? <laughs> like we're in a fight with ourselves. You excuse me, you can't change. You are this person, right? And, the, and this person is going, no, excuse me, I'm changing. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, ah, ah, ah. And I say to women, I say, do you remember who you were at eight or nine? Do you remember that girl? Do you remember her passions and, and, and everything, you know, that, that she was envisioning? Now, compare that to her at 15. Six years later. Yep, big changes. Look at the changes, right? You could hardly recognize that girl of nine in that girl of 15. Well, guess what? Menopause is going to be as big a change. You will, over that period of time, look back and say, that was me? Mm-hmm. so there are different helps that we need at puberty well we don't know who we are so it's okay that we're becoming somebody else we need a lot of help with the physical part of it at menopause the physical part of it we're more capable of taking care of but we need a lot more help understanding that's okay and so i say to women you know menopause it's not really about change because change what change 
oh, my headband got sweaty. I'll change my headband. It's that easy, right? Change is very, very easy. So, no, menopause is not change. Menopause is what? Transformation? Well, that's harder than change, right? I couldn't just change my, my headband and be transformed. I'd have to, like, dye my hair and get a whole different hairstyle to be transformed, right? But menopause is not that either because menopause is not that easy. Now, menopause is the biggest change, the biggest transformation you can have, and we call that metamorphosis. It's the big change you're born. And we are most familiar with metamorphosis in butterflies. So a caterpillar goes out, munch, munch, munch. One day the caterpillar says, I don't know what's wrong, but all the rest of you munching is driving me crazy, and spins a cocoon. And what happens in the caterpillar's cocoon? Mm-hmm. They turn to goo and come out as a butterfly. Turn to goo. So I remind menopausal women before the butterfly, the goo. Yes. You got to go through the goo before you get to the butterfly. You're a perfectly fine caterpillar. You'd munch just fine with all the other caterpillars, but you're no longer a caterpillar. And you're not yet a butterfly. You're goo. So be kind to yourself during menopause. Yes. Be kind to your change. Be kind to your metamorphosis. Be kind to that girl who's green goo. Right? She deserves your compassion, too. Don't tell her to get up. Right? She's green goo today. It's okay. Just let her be green. Even if she was a butterfly yesterday, she's green goo today. It's okay. You might go back and forth. It's fine. You will eventually emerge as the crone, the empowered crone, and you'll know it. And it will be just fine. Now, here's something that I love finding out about when I wrote down there. Mm-hmm. You know, each chapter in the book, the organ gets to speak for itself. So um, after the organ speaks for itself, then there's a page which talks about what the organ is like when it's healthy. Mm-hmm. And then there's a page that talks about what it's like when the organ isn't healthy. So for each and every part of the book, Here's the clitoris, and here's a beautiful picture of the clitoris. And here's the clitoris speaking to us. And then here's the page about the healthy clitoris. Mm -hmm. And then I ran into a real problem. Yes. Because there are no clitoral distresses. Mm -hmm. The clitoris is the one part of down there that has no health problems. That's probably because it does not age along with the rest of the body. When your clitoris matures, sometimes in your mid-teenage years, between 14 and 16, there it stays for the rest of your life. So you can be 65, 75, 85, 95, 105, and you still have a 15-year-old clitoris. Uh-huh. <laughs> can't say that for the boys. Most I can say to the boys is cold pizza for breakfast helps prevent prostate cancer. <laughs> I know it's kind of a bum second prize, but you know, it's, it's yeah. Right? So, so women have a, one of my students called me up. She said, "My mom is in her early nineties, and she asked me to get her a vibrator. What should I do?" She said, "I said, get her a plug-in vibrator when the batteries run out. It's real drag." Yeah, there you go. Uh huh. Yeah, right. And she's like, "Ah, you want me to get my mom a vibrator?" I'm like, "Yeah, she's got a fifteen-year-old clitoris." There you go. Uh huh. So you had asked. Um, talked to me a little bit before about um, herbs 
and sexual health during menopause. Yes, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come right back, we're going to go talk about herbs and menopause. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Whether you are dealing with your child's latest tantrum or disagreeing with your partner about finances, you find yourself having conversations you'd rather not have every day. It's easy to see why we'd rather avoid talking about it. Yet putting off a difficult conversation today can lead to an even bigger problem tomorrow. How do you say what needs to be said and get the results you want without triggering their defenses and risking another disagreement that accomplishes nothing? It's time for a different approach. Robin's five-week course, Be Persuasive, How to Have Successful Conversations, outlines a step-by-step approach for the results you want from your most important and hardest conversations. You'll discover how to have more harmonious relationships through better communication, raise difficult issues without backing others into a corner, maintain your focus no matter how the other party reacts, and resolve problems once and for all. Visit HolisticSexEdRadio.com to find out more. That's HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Mental illness affects more people than you might think. Now there's a program that showcases support resources, how many people in our society view mental illness, and how the culture surrounding it is changing. Listen for We Are Hope with co-founder and host Sean Perry. Mental health is being seen as a public health crisis, and we want to help, support, and listen. You'll hear the discussions and conversations that need to happen. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. And we're back. So, Susan, please finish your thoughts. Tell us about herbs and menopause. Well, I was talking about oat straw before, right? Mm-hmm. Where? This is iced oat straw. It's straw infusion. We weighed out one ounce of oat straw. What is oat straw? It's the grass of the plant that gives you oatmeal. Mm. Yeah. So it's the grassy part, and then the oats are dangle, and then we harvest the oats, and we roll them, and then you have roll oats for breakfast. So the oat straw is just as good for your heart and your nervous system, and oat straw is Europe's biggest selling sexual tonic for men. Oh. As a matter of fact, in my green book, Healing Wise, I have about 30 pages about oat straw. It's one of my favorite herbs. And I just could not resist including an ad from one of these sexual tonics that I found in Switzerland. 
I was teaching a class on menopause in Southern California. And a woman in that class said to me, you know, Susan, when I got to menopause, my, my libido, it went on vacation. It just totally disappeared. I didn't, I had no sexual thoughts, no sexual stirrings, you know, it just didn't interest me at all. She said, and then <laughs> my vagina started to get dry. I mean, dry like sand dunes and camels in a desert dry. She said, and that was really seriously concerning. So yeah. I got your book, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way. And I started reading, and one of the herbs I started reading about was oat straw. You see, I love this herb so much that it's not just in my green book, it's also in my book about menopause. Yes. <laughs> she said, I thought oat straw would be a really good ally for me. So I got some dried oat straw and I got a scale. I weighed down an ounce of oat straw, put it in a quart jar, filled it to the top with boiling water, put a lid on it, and let it steep for four hours. And I strained it out, squeezed the herb to get all the good out of it, and then put my oat straw infusion in the refrigerator and drank it as I wanted it. Sometimes I had it hot, sometimes I had it cold. But over the course of a day or two, I drank all that oat straw infusion. She said, and I continued to do that. And, you know, I have to admit that it did not take very long before my libido came home mm. with company. With company, nice. <laughs> and down there, it was no longer a desert. It was now an oasis. Nice. Date palms and date girls. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, oat straw is a wonderful ally for women before, during, and after menopause. All right. I often ask women, at what age is a woman more likely to die of a heart attack than a man? And many women know that a woman's risk of heart attack, having a heart attack, is higher after menopause than before. And so they say after menopause. And I say, no, the real answer to that question is at any age, because women's heart attacks um, are more subtle than men's heart attacks and will often go unnoticed. Mm -hmm. So we do want to keep our hearts healthy. We want to keep our hearts healthy all through our lives. And Oatstra is a lovely way to do that. One of the things that some women find during menopause is that, that they get a little nervous or a little emotional, and Oatstra really helps with that as well. I worked with a woman. We worked in a store with a little bell on the door. When anybody would come in the store, the bell would go, ding a ling a ling a ling And she was a, a pretty nervous woman, and every time the bell went, ding a ling a ling a ling she'd go, <gasps> Now, see what just happened to your nervous system when I did that? Well, that was happening to me like 30 times a day or more, right? And I'm like, oh, my nerves are not going to be able to deal with this. Right. <laughs> so I started bringing my oat straw infusion to the store with me and offering her glasses of oat straw infusion. And within a month, you could have set up a bomb under the woman's chair. And she would have said, somebody get the, the dustpan. It's over there. And somebody get the mop. It's over there, you know? Mm-hmm. That little ding-a-ding on the door did not bother her or her nervous system in the least, and my nervous system was very happy. There, there you go, yes. <laughs> Oat straw, champion of our sexuality. It helps us keep it together in so many ways as well. Mm -hmm. Many, many years ago, we were a, a group of women here at the Wise Women Center, and we were planning a ritual. And there was a woman, a postmenopausal woman, a woman in her 60s, and some of the younger women said, well, um, we were talking and we think that one of the really good ways to get ready for a ritual is to have an orgasm. Hmm. 
And, you know, we thought, well, maybe that was, you know, kind of pushy to like say, let's do this as a group. But we wanted to suggest that any woman, we like wanted to add to the ritual energy and the group energy by having an orgasm that morning that we would like to encourage you to do that. And I thought, well, that's, I really like that a lot. But this woman who was in her 60s said, well, that's for all you young girls. You know, once you get past menopause, you don't care about that at all anymore. Hmm. And I'm now in my mid-70s, and I still care. I'm so interested. And, and I wish that I, at that point, had been able to say to her, um, you need some more nourishing herbal infusions. I mean, she wasn't drinking. <laughs> Obviously. Yes. And um, to, to really, but I was younger than her at that point. And so I, I didn't have literally, you know, a, a foundation to stand on to say, no, that's not true. Right. So women remain interested, but they need to be well nourished and they need to be in a culture and a community in which it's acceptable that older women are still sexual. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And I've actually heard that older women are more orga- orgasmic than fertile women. I don't know if that's true. For many, for many women, the burden of the fear of pregnancy, once lifted by menopause, allows one a greater relaxation. Yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. And that greater relaxation will lead to a more pleasurable orgasm, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Right? The more we can relax into our sexual arousal, which sounds like an oxymoron. What, relax into arousal? What? But yes, literally, the more we can relax into that arousal, the more exquisite the orgasm will be when we're all like. Right, all that tension, yes. All that tension, you know, and there's certain, you know, yes, there has to be some tension, right? We're not saying no tension. And, but the other thing is that women, when they're younger, I think, and maybe it's changed, I would hope it was, has somehow kind of compare themselves to men mm-hmm. who can be sexually aroused and then have an orgasm and like, that's it for a while have a cigarette, watch a TV show, not so for a woman. Right. Because when a woman is aroused and those tissues are engorged and she has an orgasm, the tissues get more engorged by the orgasm. It's not like suddenly the engorgement goes away, they're more engorged. And I remember the first time I actually saw a woman have that second orgasm and I went, there's another one hiding in there that fast, really? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> exactly the second one, the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth is just a matter of going for it. That's right. Yeah. Women are definitely multi-orgasmic. Every single woman. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about men's sexual health too? Of course. And down there talks quite a bit about men's sexual health. I include in my table of contents, you know that I start with the pelvic floor and then the bladder. I love the bladder says it all goes round and round, but it comes down to me, all right? And then the vulva and the clitoris and the vagina and the cervix and the uterus and the ovaries. And then we have the penis and the testes and the prostate. Mm -hmm. I told you, right? Each one of these organs gets to speak for itself. And that meant that, 
I had to be the one writing down the words for it. And, you know, I just really had no problem at all with the prostate. I am the center of the future. I am the glory of the past. I am the wormhole that joins generations and spans the universe. I am prepared. I am steady. Trust me to hurl us into what is to come. I am at the center of your being. Wow, prostate. Yeah, go, prostate. Okay. (laughs) And to tell you the absolute truth, I did not have much problem with testes either. Mm-hmm. Right? We are the factory that never closes. We are the work that never ceases. We are a garden of perpetual production. We are the hive. We are the crash. We are the heart of humanity. We are your father and your father's father and his father too. We are your immortality. Mm-hmm. But when it came to writing in the voice of the penis, mm-hmm. I was blank. He wasn't talking to you, huh? He was not going to give me any words at all. I'm like, oh, come mm-hmm. on. Peter, don't be that way. <laughs> I, I, I got to write. You got to coax him a little more, huh? <laughs> what? What? Right. You know, I did what I usually did. I said, okay, ancestors, help me out here. Give me a dream. Give me a dream. Because I work a lot in, in my dreams. I get a lot of answers to my dreams. So when I woke up in the morning, these words were in my mind. Man is a tool maker. I am his tool. Mm-hmm. Man is a thinker. I am his thought. And from there, the voice of penis rolled out. I will never stop demanding your participation in my vision of eternity. Together, we will manifest multiplicity, discharge responsibility, and get the precious burden deposited safely. I will not be ignored. I am your. Nice. It is the goddess penis, right? Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh huh. Gorgeous. Susan is showing me her book, and we're going to put the uh, link to it in the show notes. And it's called Down There Sexual and Reproductive Health The Wise Woman Way. So we're going to take a quick break, and okay. we will be right back. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Whether you are dealing with your child's latest tantrum or disagreeing with your partner about finances, you find yourself having conversations you'd rather not have every day. It's easy to see why we'd rather avoid talking about it. Yet putting off a difficult conversation today can lead to an even bigger problem tomorrow. How do you say what needs to be said and get the results you want without triggering their defenses and risking another disagreement that accomplishes nothing? It's time for a different approach. Robin's five-week course, Be Persuasive, How to Have Successful Conversations, outlines a step-by-step approach for the results you want from your most important and hardest conversations. You'll discover how to have more harmonious relationships through better communication, raise difficult issues without backing others into a corner, maintain your focus no matter how the other party reacts, and resolve problems once and for all. Visit HolisticSexEdRadio.com to find out more. That's HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Hi, my name is Cass Thomas, and I'd like to invite you to join me and my friend Monish Malotra for our show Beyond Love, Sex, and Other Drugs. We'll be talking about abuse, exclusion, relationship, addictions, possibilities, LGBTQI, and more. 
Is it time to create the life you truly desire? Join us, Beyond Love, Sex, and Other Drugs, every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This show can change your life. It's changing ours. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. And now we're back, Susan. I would love to talk to you a little bit about sexually transmitted diseases. What can you tell us about those? Human papillomavirus, as we know, it can infect cervix, but it can also infect the anus and the throat. Mm-hmm. And there is a sharp uptick in anal cancer, human papillomavirus, anal cancer, and human papillomavirus, throat cancer as well. It is a widespread sexually transmitted disease and can be transmitted through oral sex as well as through genital sex. It can be transmitted through heterosexual sex and homosexual sex. So human papillomavirus is out there and it's not playing any favorites. If you are a sexual being and you are having sex with another sexual being, then you have to know about human papillomavirus and do whatever makes you most comfortable in protecting yourself mm-hmm. around that. For some women, that's having an annual pap smear with an HPV screen as well because the human papillomavirus, uh, once we are infected with it, in the vast majority of cases, it goes away on its own. It can actually be a pretty easy thing to deal with if it is found early enough. Mm -hmm. Down there covers the whole range, vaginal yeast, trichinomas, right? It covers bacterial vaginosis, chlamydia, right? Genital herpes, right? As well as gonorrhea and syphilis. Having a human papillomavirus infection is a little like having the sniffles. It's an infection that most bodies handle and get rid of promptly. 70% of HPV infections are gone within one year, 90% within two years without any treatment. Mm -hmm. Right? And I thought it very, very interesting. A naturopath talked to me about the kinds of things that were suggested for dealing with people with papillomavirus. And it it is a lot of supplements and they get a success rate of about 60%. I said, oh, less than what would happen with no treatment, which they took great offense at. But the fact of the matter is that the vast majority of people do get rid of this infection. 
Mm-hmm. In a 10-year study of sexually active women aged 13 to 21, half of them became infected with human papillomavirus in that 10 years. Mm-hmm. 50% of them. So when, when I say this is prevalent, I mean... Very it's very, very prevalent, yeah. 70% of those women did not develop any symptoms of any kind. In other words, there would have been no way for them to know without an HPV screen that, right. or that they were infected. Of those who did have symptoms over that 10-year period, only 10% went on to have cervical cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so I found that interesting as well, that those who didn't have symptoms didn't go on to develop cervical cancer. And even of those who did have symptoms, only 10% of them. Mm-hmm. To develop cervical cancer. So while it's a prevalent infection, once again, modern medicine is wielding its tool of fear mm-hmm. to encourage women to do anything from having a big hunk of their cervix removed. Yep. If you get a positive on your uh, human papillomavirus smear, uh, to having their uterus removed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of which is an overreaction and overkill. Yes, I agree. One of the really, really fun things that I found when I was researching for this section on sexually transmitted diseases, and one of them is syphilis. Mm-hmm. Syphilis was the, um, uh, the the red man's gift back to the white man, some people put it, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. This was unknown in Europe until the Europeans came to North America, and then they brought syphilis back with them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the herbalists were freaking out because they didn't know what herbs would help. And the people were freaking out, too, because they didn't want to go to their local herbalists and say, my doctor wants me to take these herbs to get rid of syphilis because, you know, your party rating goes way down then, right? Like, you don't get invited to the parties anymore if the druggist knows you're doing herbs for syphilis. Right. So what the herbalists did, very clever, rather than prescribing herbs for syphilis, they called the herbs that cured syphilis blood cleansers. Mm-hmm. And so then you would go to the, the pharmacist and say, I need some blood cleansing herbs. All I was right. the young herbalist, what a blood cleanser was? What is this? And so I finally found out. It was the code name for herbs that supposedly get rid of syphilis. Syphilis is a, a lot like Lyme disease. It comes into your body, and you may have an initial symptom, but that initial symptom will go away on its own and usually within a day. Hmm. So it's a short little symptom. You know, with syphilis, it's a little, like, pimple-like thing, and then it just goes away. You don't have to do anything about it. That's primary. Then it goes secondary. Mm-hmm. In secondary, it's a little worse. In syphilis, the secondary symptom is you get a rash from the top of your scalp right down to the soles of your feet. Your entire body is covered in this horrible, itchy rash, which goes away in 24 hours. Wow, Okay. After that, syphilis becomes tertiary. Mm-hmm. And half of the people with syphilis will die ugly deaths because of it, and the other half will have a remission. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, we thought that every herb we used worked, right? Of course, yes, and some and of them are. The people appeared to get better. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, it was blood cleansers. Clearly, yes. Clearly, is it? And thus, we see one more thread in the heroic tradition of, you know, you're dirty, you have to cleanse your blood, it, as opposed to the wise woman understanding of 
Uh, okay, look, you have an infectious agent here in your body. And at this point, the, in, the, in the wise woman tradition, what we would say is we're going to use some drug to get rid of it. And then we're going to nourish you to deal with the disturbance to your health that the drug caused. Because mm-hmm. the drug is going to cause more disturbance to your health than the infectious agent. But we don't want to let you have this infectious agent because tertiary syphilis that goes to your brain is not pretty. Yeah, no, we don't. Definitely, we don't want to go there. No, we do not want to play around with that at all. So we're going to use some drug. We do the same thing here, you know. I live in the northeast end of the New York State. There's a lot of Lyme disease. And if we would see somebody who clearly has a tick bite, that this chick has good line to them. We say, just go get, they've got quibble. Go get some antibiotics. Get them now. Because, yes, the antibiotics will mess you up, but you can get back to health from those antibiotics a lot faster and a lot better than you can get back to health once that line organism is in your body. Yeah, no doubt. So, and just go take the medicine, do, take address the, medicine. the problem, then right. go do your herbs and repair the damage afterwards after you get rid of the nasty. And so we want to invite the listeners to go to wisewomanschool.com and we will have for you a free course. And that free course is going to be Drink Your Way to Health with Nourishing Herbal Infusions, the basis of it all, the Nourishing Herbal Infusions. Excellent. And we will include that in the show notes for everybody so they can go and get their free gift. Get their free gift. Okay. Yes. Yes. Excellent. That's all at the wisewomenschool.com. We'll post that for you. So thank you so much, Susan. I really appreciate your time and coming and sharing some of your wisdom with us today. It's been really awesome. Thank you so much. so much for having this show. We really all need it. Green blessings, everybody. Remember, herbal medicine is people's medicine. It's the medicine that grows right outside your door. Yes. Thank you so much, Susan. You've been listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us today. While these conversations may be difficult at times, the rewards are well worth it. We have the power to change the world by what we teach our kids. Join host Robin LaCrosse next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another thought-provoking conversation. Thank you and have a beautiful day.